Life is full of experiences, and the experiences are training you to be able to solve life's problems as you mature. I don't have much worry now. I've discovered most of the answers to life, and I have a certain peace that passes all understanding. Seniors to seniors, whether a senior in college or senior in your mature years, the common denominators of every stage of life is explored as host Robert J. LaCosta interviews seniors about how they got to where they are and how they are continuing to crush it in their mature years. LaCosta is known as the senior editor because he has interviewed seniors for the past three decades and is perhaps the longest running writer in this narrowest of niches. This podcast affords him the opportunity to pass along the same sagely wisdom that he has received from elders and has admired during his 30s, 40s, 50s, and now. LaCosta is a board-certified hearing instrument specialist who has helped over 10,000 seniors overcome hearing impairment. He draws deeply from the intimacy and privilege of those relationships. And now, it's time for The Age Sage. On this episode of The Age Sage, the senior editor Robert J. LaCosta speaks with one of the world's greatest devotionalists, author Jack Countryman. On this episode, Jack reveals secrets to life that, when put in practice, will not only bring you understanding and hope, but a peace that surpasses all understanding. And here is your host, the senior editor, Robert J. LaCosta. Well, welcome to another episode of The Age Sage. Uh, I'm your host, Robert LaCosta, and with me today, I have the privilege of talking with the king of devotionals, Jack Countryman. Jack is going to review some of the aspects of his new book, which is called the power of hope. And of course, it is a devotional. But first, Jack, I want to welcome you to the Age Sage. Well, thank you. It's a privilege for me to be with you today. Jack, you know, there's an old saying, don't ever ask a woman her age. But Jack, do you mind if I ask you your age? Well, I will be 93 in two months. (laughs) I hope you're going to do something special. Yes. (laughs) Knowing you, you'll write another book. 93rd birthday, I might as well write another book. Jack, let's just tell the audience just how many books you've written. You've sold over 27 million. You've had an imprint with Thomas Nelson called Countrymen, correct? Yes, that's right. And how many books are we talking here? Well, I've published over 80 books, and I've written over 35. Wow. That's just... Say that one more time. How many books have you written? I've written 35 books, yes. 35 books. And how many years would that span? Well, that spans about... I started in 1982... So how many does that make? That makes about 45 40, you know. Yeah, 40 years. So uh, 40 you're, years. You're, essentially, you know, you're putting about a book a year, about. And, and that's, that's pretty amazing. That's, that's what you would call staying power. Jack, if a young person was listening, can we take them through some of the 
I don't know, career path, but more than that, how you've been led in your life. Uh, say when you were 20, what what did you think you were going to be doing when you were 30? What, what was going on in your mind and your heart? And were you always a writer? No, I wasn't always a writer. I didn't start writing till I was about, oh, 55 or, uh, or so. And um, I, I think it's my relationship with God. Everything stopped. You know, when you're young, you're so full of yourself. You don't really give God any time at all. And I've had to learn that um, in order for me to be productive, I have to have my relationship with the Lord. The Lord really gives me all of the inspirations that I get and all the topics that I write on. And without Him, I'm lost. And so, uh, because if He's not there before me, I have a saying. I, I put my hand out in front of me and I say, Lord, you, you're there. Because if I take my hand away and I get out in front of me, uh, my selfish self comes in and I'm so full of myself, the things I want, the things I want to do, that the, the Lord doesn't have a chance. So I try to keep the Lord out in front of me all the time and so that I can be inspired by him and um, find the the various things he wants me to write on and uh, the things I do, I just is the only answer for me uh, to stay connected. That's, that's a fantastic um, message for anybody of any age. Now, you're saying that you started at 55 with the, yes. the, the books. What were you doing, uh, say, from 20 to 55? Oh, I was in the health club business. And, you know, my wife and I were in the health club business, and uh, I got a yearning uh, back in uh, 1976 to start something on my own. And so um, we started a, a little Christian company on our table, mm -hmm. and uh, we got in the right to do the Living New Testament, Living Sound, and it was a beautiful presentation of the New Testament by the Living Bible, and it was dramatized. And that was our first product, and we we took that out to the marketplace, and we got our, the rights to do that from Tyndall House. And uh, for the first five years, we did all kinds of, of recorded things. And so it, then in 1981, God gave me the idea to do God's promises for your every need. So we put that book together, and in December of 1981, we brought that out, our first was 11,000. I had uh, two evangelists take the book, 5,000 each. And uh, we started with that book. And I had no idea how that book was going to impact the world. Do you know today, today, and it's some 30 some years later, we've done 12 million. Wow. That's and uh, it, it, it sells about 100,000 a year. And 30 some plus years. And it's just, it's a topical scripture book about the, what the word God has to say about things and giving us the, and the answers that we need to life. It's, it's just been a, ph a phenomenal thing. And uh, it's just been so well received. And I never had any idea that it would be received that well around the world. I think a lot of things start out that way where we, by we kind of put it out there, we almost like an offering, and then God just kind of goes his own way with it. In terms of the promises of God, as people are busy, 
and they're walking through their life, in many cases, running through their lives <laughs> with kids, responsibilities, careers, and they get lost. They get almost like staggered, like, you know, a, a, a punch in the ring, and it just staggers them. And then all of a sudden, they need to look at the promises of God, and it somehow steadies their feet in the middle of this crazy race we call life. And that's probably why that book just exploded. Now, can for those that are not familiar with God's promises, could you just, you said it's topical. Could you explain what you mean by that? We take a subject. It's what to do when, what the Bible has to say about. And we take that subject and we tie scripture to that subject. And so it's topically answered the needs of people. You know, it's very much like what the Bible has to say about sadness, joy, and all the things that we are seeking in life. And it's just been a phenomenon. I've really discovered that people do want to know what God has promised them. Well, again, we're talking about as older, more mature men here, but there's a lot of people out there who are younger, and they haven't been through some things ever before. They're facing a situation or a career change or a relational issue, whatever it is, perhaps even something like a dramatic change in their life. And they would just love to be able to sit down and talk with someone like Jack Countryman, who's been around the block a few times. And yet here you've provided them with a book where they could talk to the Ancient of Days. He'll answer anything they have to ask. I mean, do you remember when Queen of Sheba came and asked Solomon and she said, hey, you're you're smarter, you're wiser than than I've even heard about. Well, can you imagine if young people, middle-aged people, people who are running into something in their lives would just be humble enough to say, you know, I need to talk with God about this and see what he has to say about my situation. And that's what you provided. Yes. You know, it starts out, the book starts out with Jesus, what Jesus is to us. You know, he's our Savior, our Lord, our love, our peace, our forgiveness, our righteousness, and I have about 12 different things that he is to us. And then I go on to say, well, what to do when you feel discouraged, worried, lonely, depressed, dissatisfied? And so the, the Bible has the answer to those problems. And this book provides answers to people who are seeking. You know, what to do when you're experiencing fear, uh, mentally disturbed, need of courage, patience, peace, in grief, and doubt about God. Well, the Bible has the answer to those things, and if you'll just seek it, you'll find it. It's interesting that in the Jewish faith, they talk about the dust of the rabbi. You know, if you walk in the dust, in the path of the rabbi, and you just mentioned, you know, Rabbi Yeshua, <laughs> it's a, that little book is kind of like being in the dust of Yeshua. Now, let me ask you this. You're into a totally different career. And a lot of people, as they hit their 50s, maybe even their 60s, they are looking to slow down. And here you, 40 years ago, you just basically launched an entire new career. If you were talking to a young person today who's really 
going at it 30, 40 years old. Maybe they're traveling a lot. Maybe they're just working a lot of hours at at the desk and getting home late at night. And they're saying, I just can't wait to retire. I just, I got to get past this pressure and the nine to five and the nine to nine and all that stuff. And they're thinking, I just can't wait to get to my 55th or 65th birthday and just be done with this. What would you say about that now that you've, looking back at your post 55 years? What I want to say is life is full of experiences and the experiences are training you to be able to solve life's problems as you mature. You know, I, I don't have much worry now. I've, I've discovered most of the answers to life. And I have a certain peace that passes all understanding because the, my experiences in life have given me the knowledge and the things to understand what my relations is to myself and to my fellow man and what my relationship is to God. And I've I've got things in place now. So I would say if you're 55 or 60, you are being prepared for the greatest event in your life because from 60 to 80, you will accomplish more if you give yourself the opportunity than you ever did before in the first 60 years of your life. You'll accomplish so much more. And why? Because you've learned, because you're prepared, because you have answers. And you're able to do things now that you weren't able to do before. Well, that really cuts against uh, the philosophy of the post-FDR Social Security world. I mean, we're, we're told, and maybe it's not expressed, ageism or whatever you want to call it, but there's a little bit of putting out to pasture of older, mature people now, especially since we've entered the technology age, where now we have, I call it the Zuckerberg syndrome, where we have young people uh, who are in their 20s, 30s, maybe early 40s, running vast organizations and have older people working for them. Instead of the way it used to be, you kind of climb the ladder, and as you got older, you were given more responsibility. And so here you are saying that, no, 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 wait a minute. Those 30s, 40s, 50s are almost like a preparation for the mature life. And as a former basketball coach, I would say, when are games won in the fourth quarter? So that's that's kind of what you're saying. These first three quarters of our lives are almost like practice. (laughs) Not exactly. You you really, really are such more... Uh, knowledgeable and prepared for life when you're 60. And you're at the most productive time of your life from 60 to 80. Now, that may go against a lot of people, but listen, you've made all the mistakes up until then. (laughs) You know you've got the answers to life. And I say, put it to use. And uh, I found that my my creative things that I've developed all came after 60. And you you would say that, um, again, getting back to sort of the Western version of the post-50 years, which is uh, RVs and, and second homes and, and uh, you know, golf courses and what, whatever. And not that there's anything wrong with passions and hobbies and particularly spending time with grandkids and great-grandkids. But you're basically saying don't don't stop on the creative 
aspect of your passion. Don't say, okay, I've contributed. Now it's my time to kick back. Why do people want to kick back? They're lazy. <laughs> could, could you repeat that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they, they, could you be they, more they, direct? They, yeah. <laughs> I, you see, I have found that life is a zinger. Life mm. is challenging. Life is enjoyable. Life is thrilling if you just want to hang on to it because they have so many things in front of you that really you need to continue to explore. And to think that you want to go to pasture and hang up, what, just sit in the couch and watch TV all day? No way. You know, I, I just believe that God has given you this experience and this knowledge so that you can be productive for his glory all of your life. And to to put that aside, I think is stupid because you've learned more in the last 50 years than you've ever learned or 60 years, and you are able to handle things more, and you got the answers to life that more. And so therefore, why step aside? Why not stay in the game? You know, I'm an old athlete, and athletes, one of the things they don't want is to be put on the bench. Mm-hmm. You, who wants to be on the bench? I want to be in the game. Put me in the game, coach. <laughs> let me let me let me do what I know to do best. And I've I've found that I think I'm as as good at what I do as just about anybody. And that's because I've had all the experience that I've had. Well, that's that's pretty amazing, Jack. Can you describe? what a devotional is and what part it has played in the lives of people of faith. Because some people might not know what a devotional is. Devotional is scripture combined with thought that addresses the scripture, and it explains the scripture. And the time you spent in a devotional gets you into the Word of God, gives you thoughts around the Word of God, and gives you thoughts to draw you nearer to the God, to to God. And so, I think you spend time in the devotions so that you can in, continue to increase your your knowledge, and also to give you thoughts toward God that are pleasing and and pleasing to Him, and uh, and helps guide your life. Thought the scriptures are really designed to draw you near to the Lord each and every day to invite you into the Word of God each and every day, to open your thoughts and explain what being a, a person that walks with God each and every day. And so they're just important tools for you to use to make your life more meaningful and open you up so God can bless you. Mm-hmm. And the devotional aspects are, let, let's hold up your most recent one. So a devotional could be something as simple as maybe one scripture yes and some thoughts they they yes. they work together and on top of that uh we mentioned that people are busy they get into the rhythm of life sometimes the speed of life and they don't have a lot of time and so uh you don't want to misuse devotionals as the only spiritual manna but 
they are a great fire starter. They're the spark. But if a person is busy and say traveling or a mom has three kids and she doesn't even have a minute uh, to close the bathroom door and she can at least absorb something like this and ruminate, meditate, think on the the concepts of this scripture. So that's kind of like for people who don't know what a devotional is, this is kind of what it is. And usually there's 100 or 200 devotionals. Sometimes uh, devotionals have 365, one for each day, and they're numbered. Sometimes they have a day and an evening. So that's a little bit about devotionals for those who are not familiar with them. And I would also say, Jack, they might be a great entrance into the spiritual walk because you don't have to attack um, all the books of the Bible at once. Maybe this is a good way of just entering into the process, I wonder what the spiritual life is like. I think you've hit the nail on the head. See, the Power of Hope has two pages, and those pages you can read in three minutes. You know, uh, that's about a three-minute trip right there. And it's it, and it gives you a taste of Scripture and, a, a, and a, something about I write something about what this scripture is all about so that you get the, the scripture explained to you. And it, it, I expound on various things that the scripture is is saying to the reader. And so it's just, it's really a perfect tool and it doesn't take a lot of time. Well, shifting, don't, tell me, well, don't tell me you don't have three minutes. Now, I, you know. I, I like that. I like that. Now, shifting gears a little bit. We've said that you've produced all these devotionals. Millions upon millions of people have been blessed by it. I want to shift gears and talk about the power of hope because that's what you're, you've produced right now. But before we get into that, could you tell a young person, middle-aged person about the pathway to the unexpected, the surprise of God? When you were 55, you said, I never expected this. What aspect of just faithfulness can carry something to the unexpected? Well, you want to get to the unexpected, you got to get yourself out of the way. So many times we're so full of ourselves, our ambitions, what we want to do, the money we want to make, the new car we want to buy, and all the things that we've got in line for us, and we just don't give God a chance. So I, I really believe you've got to make up your mind that you're going to allow God to influence your life. You're going to allow God to be a part of your life. You're going to allow God to touch your life, and spiritually and mentally, and it just make him an important part of your life. And if you do that, He'll come in, and he will capture you and let you be all that you've been called to be, because we've all been called to be children of God. And it just takes some time to do that. And these little devotionals that I do, they're all tools to open you up, to let the Spirit come in, and to invite you to learn more about what God is all about. Well, there you go. So if you're a young person, middle-aged, whatever, the the pathway to the unexpected is 
getting yourself out of the way of the path. (laughs) Now, um, Jack, at 93 here, you have a brand new devotional. I want to talk about in the post-COVID world, why is this topic so appropriate? What influenced you not to write this 10 years earlier, but to write it right now? What triggered it? Well, you know, among the many gifts that God pours into the lives of his children is hope. That's a God-given thing that each of us have been given. And because you take someone that doesn't have hope, they don't have any life. If somebody, you, 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 and particularly if you have a hope to have a relationship with the Lord. And, uh, you know, again and again in Scripture, we see God's blessing his people with hope. And it's just something that happens. And, you know, God-given hope gave his people power. And, you know, if we, it, it gives you confidence and gives you a meaning for life. If you have some hope in your life, you are being blessed daily because you're inviting the God to come in and you're inviting him to touch you. You're inviting him to change you. You're inviting him to be the Lord and master of your life. And if that is the way it is, you're going to be blessed. And what about right now where economics have affected a lot of people, COVID affected a lot of people, uh, literally changed the way a lot of people actually have to live or make a living or family members uh, who got sick or, you know, even lost a, a member of their family. In these last few minutes that we're together here, how can hope be like a life preserver in the post-COVID world, in the, in the world of wars, in the world of really economic uncertainty for a lot of people who are getting hit pretty hard? At what part can hope play? And secondly, you pair your devotionals with someone in scriptures. And sometimes people just look at King David or St. Peter or St. Paul, and they look at them as these figures. Uh, oh, they're even they're portrayed in movies, uh, almost like with a halo around them. No, these were real people like you and me with real challenges, and you paired hope with little vignettes of these particular people and some interesting ones. You even have Judas in here. So number one, let's let's explore why people need hope in this time of economic uncertainty, wars, COVID, and then secondly, why you chose to pair it with a particular person in the Bible. Well, I think hope is an essential because without hope, you're, you're lost. And I wanted to demonstrate that God chose 56 different people in this book to demonstrate in the 100 devotionals, 56, Paul is mentioned 11 times. Jesus Christ is mentioned 10 times. And it gives you an inspiration to let them know that God wants to bless you. God wants to has has a message for you. And so I just chose these things to talk about to demonstrate that in the Bible that God it is the Bible is a book of hope. It's a book of direction. It's a book with filled with answers to life. And if you'll seek it, you'll find it. And so I just feel that 
hope is such an essential part of life that unless we are willing to turn our lives over to the Lord, it all begins and ends with who's going to be the Lord and master of your life. Is it going to be you? Are you going to be selfish? Are you going to be shutting God out or inviting God in? If you invite God in, he will come in and change you for his glory. And that is the only reason I wrote the book is to let demonstrate the people in the Bible where God demonstrated the power of hope and gave them the sense of hope of what they need to be the people that they became. Because without it, you're lost. So a person that's just gone through COVID or um, economic problems, it just seems like such a timely book. Well, it that's the point. You know, you've been you've been slammed. You've been sick. You've had trouble. You've lost your job. Let me tell you something. God is standing there waiting. He said, come on to me, all you that are sick and, and brokenhearted, and I will give you the peace that passes all understanding. So I just say the book might just be enough inspiration to turn your life around. Uh, and uh, I think that's what it's, it's, that's the, the message of the book. It shows that where God gave 56 different people hope, and if he can do that with them, he can do it with you. You know, here we are. Our podcast is called The Age Sage, and I, I believe we're talking to one of one of the sages right now, and it's it's such a privilege. Now, listen, just so people don't think we're all high and mighty, tell people about what other things you do other than do these great thoughts and devotionals. I, I you. You, you're still playing golf? Oh, yeah. And I shoot better than my age. Yeah, good. Yes, that, that's dang good. I shoot twice my age. And um, and you also, um, you also take time to enjoy the big sky? Oh, yes. We were at big sky for three months. We've had a home up there for, oh, about 25 years. And uh, we go up there, and that's oftentimes the place I, I do my writing is there because it's quiet and nice. And Big Sky, Montana is one of the most beautiful places in the world. And what happens to you when you're playing golf? Is there anything that you can relate to about playing golf? I mean, it makes you relax. Does it challenge you? Does it do you enjoy the beautiful aspects of uh, maybe a golf course you've never played on or that you just particularly like? Golf is like life. You get out what you put into it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've uh, when I was younger, I was really a good golfer. But today, I, uh, I just play, and I play to enjoy it. I play to enjoy the fellowship, the outdoors, and uh, the challenge of the game. The game challenges you. And, you know, you can, can I hit this shot? And can I make this putt? And it just it just is a, a wonderful game. And it's good to go out with the guys and have the fellowship of having and uh, see if you can't beat them. So, so, and the beat them. And you, you can actually enjoy a game of golf. So it's not a long walk that you, you ruin, as uh, Mark Twain or somebody said. I don't know. <laughs> no. It's, uh, I find that it's really enjoyable. And um, we live close to a golf course up there. We're about a, a drive and a three-wood from the first tee. 
I have my own golf cart up there. And so uh, it's just uh, a pastime, and it gets me outside. It gets me doing. And it's a physical it's a physical yeah, thing. It's a, it's As a, a writer, you're at it. You have to be in front of a desk usually, so it gets you outside. It gets your uh, body. Yeah, and it, it it gives me a chance to get some exercise and still stay flexible. So I'm not going to sit in front of the television all the time and shrivel up and 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 then just go off and die. I'm not going to do that. And the other thing is, you know, you mentioned ministry in the post. You know, uh, I, well, I, I think that my my ministry is writing. My life needs to be a ministry. My life needs to be an influencer. My life needs to demonstrate what God means to me and how he is blessing me. And so I just try to live every day in his presence. Hey, listen, you also live in the presence of a beautiful wife. How long have you been married? We will be, on the 29th of this month, we'll be married 57 years. Praise God. That's something, again, if we're talking to a young person, that should give them hope. There's been a lot of broken marriages. Perhaps even a young person's come from a broken family. Listen, we have one minute left. If you could say something about marriage and Toss that out in the last minute we have as to the rewards of going through the challenges of a relationship. I would say the secret to a happy marriage is love the other person more than you love yourself. That's hard to get to, isn't it? Yes. You've got to understand that the person that God has given you is truly a blessing. And, you know, your wife needs to hear that you love her. I try to tell Marsha I love her once every day Yeah, because that's something that she wants to hear. Men want respect. A woman wants to know that she is loved. Now that's great words. Uh, the Age Sage today is Jack Countryman, the king of devotional. Jack, it's been great having you. Thank you. 